one knows how to play poker. 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 But do you know how to play poker well? Well, get ready to talk poker strategy with the people who run the games. Hear interviews with the stars. Get information on when to play, where to play, and how to play better poker. Poker. This is Poker Action Live, a weekly poker show with your hosts, Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez. And welcome, everyone, to Poker Action Line as we wind down the uh, the year of 2019, 2019 finishing up and uh, heading to the year of our impeachment. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, but seriously, uh, this is, we're coming up on our 10th anniversary in the first, uh, second week of March would be the 10th anniversary of this program. Uh, we appreciate that everyone that has been back to us and following us from the beginning, uh, there are some, I'm sure, not many, because it took a long time to build the audience to this show. And over the last uh, six, eight months, we really have put up some pretty good numbers. So we know a lot of people are getting the show every week now. And I don't know how many of you have gone back and tried to listen to some of the older shows, but we have a uh, a uh, tradition of uh, playing a best-of show right at Christmas and right at New Year's so that... Uh, you know, our staff and uh, our massive staff doesn't have to uh, stick around and uh, uh, do a show instead of having, celebrating holiday with their family. So basically, uh, I do a little extra recording and, and we pull old, old interviews from the year. But uh, I, we talked about it and uh, we thought that maybe it was a better idea to go back a few years in some of the great interviews from the past That's and correct. just run a whole show. I mean, you know, we don't want to... F- find interviews from eight, it, eight different listen, years. Listen, it'll be dated, Dave. It'll be dated, obviously, but, uh, you know, we we have a heck of a library of, of tremendous interviews with so many great guests. Right. My well, f- my favorite, obviously, is the J- the very first Jason Mercer yeah, interview. That was, that was incredible. Uh, that was way back years ago, and it's, I want to talk about something similar, but, uh, you know, we had Jason on the show last week via interview, and uh, he has a long ZZ Top beard now. Uh, a little receding hairline, but uh, still such a great player. Uh, he also has two children and a wife now, which he didn't have back then. And uh, he was walking around in a white, uh, what do they call it, leisure suit, basically. <laughs> uh, not really a leisure suit, but a white suit uh, on the stuff for the big game and, uh, and all the TV stuff he was doing and, back then. And let me tell you, for our new listeners and people new to the poker world, if they don't know what happened to Jason on the... On the night that he his, won his first, his big first million yeah. and change, first big tournament for a young man at that time, and what almost happened to him, and I don't want to ruin it in case you decide to choose that interview. Well, I think Dave. I will. I probably will. And he um, talks about that and uh, and how he really got started in the game. You know, since then, uh, I've met his parents, who are just awesome people. Uh, you know, obviously Natasha, his wife. Uh, she formerly uh, a very fine poker player, Natasha Barber, yeah. got married. Uh, she's probably dropped out of poker a little bit, probably not by choice. Well, yeah. but listen, when you're a mom, and <laughs> I'm sure she'll get back into it a little you bit You know, more. and Jason's helping out. Uh, you know, Children do change your life, Big Dave. Yeah, I, I, attest to, I can attest to that. But he has a beautiful uh, high-rise apartment, and uh, life has moved on for them, and uh, they're enjoying their family life. He's always been a big family person. As he mentioned in that interview last week, his parents now have nine grandkids, so God he's bless supplied him. just God two of bless them. Him. But uh, the funny story is that, uh, you know, our first interview with Jason, 
uh, is one that Joe just loves. And I think we'll probably end up running that whole show, maybe one with ones with Nolan Dalla, uh, who we haven't had on in a long time. Of course, we know what happened with Nolan, and he kind of dropped out of the poker world. And and let me tell you, I know it's been a little while. Yes, exactly. I'm, you know, had a little issue, and, you know, it's a shame because his interviews have, that you've done with him have been phenomenal, Dave. Another one of our guests that's been on many times, but we haven't had him on in a while. Um, and diff- for different reasons for the different interviews, but Bernard Lee yeah. was also a great interview. Linda Johnson, um, you know, another one, the ladies, yeah. Jan Fisher, Linda Johnson were phenomenal. Um, going back when we had Randy Casper come on and do, do like a little 10, 15 minutes uh, talking about all the new uh, ri- young rising superstars. Which that, would be fun which, to listen to. Exactly. I and, can remember some of the names. David Peters. Yes. We know what happened with David. Uh, so, Isaac Barron, a few others. Uh, Steve Karp, of course, uh, co-hosted the show. We had the uh, the Moeds on in the studio uh, and, and talking for, about their uh, life. Ex- exactly. We had the the, the Mizoraki family in studio. All four once. brothers that night. And to be honest, with you, I should listen to that show because I had to step out of the studio because there, was so many <laughs> there was only so many seats. Yeah. And I drew the short straw there that night to sit out so that Dave could be there with uh, with uh, Michael and and with Robert. And uh, so, but we've also had guests that we never that I never thought like the psychologist, the guy, the tax uh, yeah. expert, Jared Tendler. You know, I mean, some of these. Uh, to be honest, you know, Dave did a tremendous job getting these guests on the show, and I had no idea what to expect. And some of them just left me, you know, I was like, wow, that was so interesting, so, you know, so incredible. Uh, the gentleman from Arizona who also represented oh, Tom uh, Schneider. There you go, oh, Tom loud, Schneider. Loudmouth. Please pants. forgive me, guys, for those. Uh, you guys are great <laughs> guests. It's just been ten years, and, and my mind is not what it once was. Yeah, but um, yeah. absolutely, and, uh, we've had some unbelievable, unbelievable. Uh, you know, shows with John some of these John Pappas from the uh, the Poker Players Alliance. Exactly. You know, and that's not to say that every single show has been a, has been a <laughs> a home run. Uh, you know, uh, we lots, have lots, had but lots of triples and doubles. In there there you go. There way. you go. You know, every now and you take a big swing and miss two every now and then, yeah, but not absolutely. so many of those over ten years. But we, I think that's a great idea, blessed. and I'm going to take a look and see what uh, what I would like to hear again, that, uh, and uh, transfer that to you, and hope that you would like to hear them uh, maybe for the first time so we'll take a look at that we'll see what we have access to and we'll put those together for the next two weeks uh, the 23rd is a planned night we have planned and, to post and to be honest with you i'd love for our listeners who who do tune in in the next two weeks to hear these shows if they could make comments on them if they liked them what they liked about it but you know what they might want to hear for any future you know best yeah. of shows that we could put together for them how about this one Regette and Lenny Duftavani oh, while we were drinking uh, fireball shots. We're doing shots. fireballs here in the studio. <laughs> like I said, we've had so much fun doing this, yeah, Dave. We really have. And, and, you know, we've worked with incredible people as we have been doing now here for, the, was it six years? No, uh, eight. Geo? Eight. Six years? Eight years has it eight been? Eight years. Oh, my God. Has it and been it has that been long? been a full eight years. Eight years in November. Wow. So, you know. We've been very. I know. I I feel very blessed to uh, to have been doing this for this long and and working with Gio and and Joe and uh, so hopefully uh, Big Dave here will pick out two really good shows over the next two weeks for you folks to listen to and uh, you know if you get back to us, Dave, if you want to give them the email address where they might be able to leave yeah, comments we will for you, we'll definitely do uh, that. You know, 
I've enjoyed. I mean, it, it's amazing. It really is. You, you, you don't sit and think about it all this time, but they are up on our sites. But we'd like to put them out there for you for those of you who haven't heard them in the past. And if you have, just enjoy it again. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, along those lines, uh, there's several things to talk about tonight. A couple of big tournaments going on locally here in Florida. Uh, one not quite completed. One was. Uh, I'll have to look and see if they did get the other one finished because they were still playing earlier this afternoon. But the Chris Moneymaker uh, Tour having their event at the Seminole Hard Rock this afternoon, awarding a $30,000 Platinum Pass. But the other one that uh, brought me uh, back to our early years was the one that is going on now in Tampa. And Tampa's uh, stepping into the next level of uh, poker tournaments. Um, A lot of that, I think, has to do with Tony already uh, doing the marketing over there. They got a nice blog on this event. And, and, and our uh, friend Paul is over there Paul, running the, uh, the Pablo. Room. Pablo, yeah, yeah, excuse Pablo, me. Pablo, I'm, I'm so used Pablo to Paul Perez Paul. is running the room. Uh, but the the, uh, the Winter Poker Open at the Seminole Hard Rock Tampa is finishing up their main event, a $500,000 guarantee, 1650 buy-in, down to the final two players. And hopefully by the end of the show we'll have a champion. But the two players left, uh, two of the last three players left are ones that We've done some stuff for the show. Uh, T.K. Miles, who is a uh, Florida State grad and from Tallahassee, lives down here now in South Florida. I covered him in an event he finished as the runner-up in a big anti-up tournament uh, that I did the cover story for at Palm Beach Kennel Club. This was about five years ago now. But uh, he made it to the final table and the final two, only to lose... Uh, to a fellow named Charles Sickmeyer, who I haven't seen much from over the years lately, but Charles uh, was the winner of that uh, event and got his uh, face on the cover. Uh, the other player that's still alive is Justin Sackey. And if you remember Justin, long time ago, Tampa guy, used to come down here for the events, ended up getting knocked out of the very first Seminole Hard Rock Summer Showdown uh, WPT event with at the Hard Rock, uh, made it to the final table, got knocked out by Abby Daniels who has been a friend of the show. We haven't had Abby on for a while either, but uh, uh, Justin I got to know over the years and would talk to at different events, and he's still alive, finishing thing out. So I want to just take a quick look at a a couple of final hands here because they're very interesting, and I wonder what your thoughts were on them. All right, excellent. Uh, After the fourth-place finisher, Duff uh, Charette, got knocked out in fourth place, left the three players, Justin Zaki, T.K. Miles, and a fellow named David Moses. So they were playing it out, uh, and T.K. Miles and uh, Justin got into a hand. Uh, Moses actually opened from the button, Zachy 3-bet to 715, uh, 715, 715,000. Uh, I guess the 40, they were 40,000, right? 40, 80, 80,000, 80, right. 40,000, 80,000 with an $80,000 ante. Three players left. Uh, 3-bets to 7-15. Miles uh, shoves from the big blind. Moses folded, and Zachy called. So they turn over the cards. Miles has pocket queens. Zachy has pocket kings. Huh? Not much you can do about that. The no. board ran out. Seven seven deuce four six. Uh, that gave Justin six point nine million chips and dropped Miles to under a million. So just wondering if he was on tilt then. The next two hands or next few hands, uh, two of the next few hands. I don't know exactly how many, but uh, Miles picked up ace-king against Moses, ace-eight. And uh, the board came in, ten-nine-three-five-king, 
So Miles uh, was able to double, uh, up. double up there. Then he got his chips all in again on the next hand uh, for $1.8 million. Zaki tried to knock him out. Zaki had ace-10 suited. And Miles turned over pocket aces. And doubled up. Doubled up again. So all of a sudden now he's at $33.6 million. Uh, Zachy's at 5.1, Moses at 5.7. So that was an interesting hand to me. So there, yeah, he's back in the hunt again right yeah, away. You know, absolutely. so yeah, I'm sure. I mean, the blinds you said were 40, 40,000, um, 80,000. Uh, he still had a, a little bit of play there, not a whole lot when it's three-handed, but you know, picked up two good hands that he could push with and got called and double double. Right, double double. That's all you need. I mean, there. these guys are so good that. It's very hard to find fault with the way they're playing hands, to be honest. Uh, the next hand, or not to the very next hand, but a few hands later, uh, Miles opened to 225000 from the button. Got called by both players. The flop was 7, 8, 6, all spades. Ooh, dangerous flop. Right. And a great flop for, for one of them, I would imagine. Well, Miles bets 300000 Moses calls all in. Zachy folds. Miles looks at his cards, decides to call because he's holding 9-5 of hearts. Oh, of hearts? So he flopped the straight, straight. but but there's a flush drawer out there and a higher straight. And Moses was holding ace-four of spades. Oh, he was done. I mean, what do you do about that? There's nothing you can do. You've got to well, call that, right? When you're holding a straight. You you're know, holding a straight, three-handed. You can't expect your opponent to have the flush right there. Um, I guess, yeah, I guess I would have made that call also, or I would have made that bet, you know, thinking maybe I'll scare off a, a, a high spade and or or have him chase me and, and you know, again, you know, what, what were the stack sizes at that point when they got it all uh, in? What was it? I want to say uh, maybe $3 million to $5 million, something like that. And uh, Miles lost that hand. With uh, the straight, right? With the straight. So yeah. he ends up in third place, 67000 Still not a bad payday, but gave Moses the chip lead at $8.8 8 against Zaki. So now they're playing with 149000 up top, 104000 for second. Moses has a uh, $8.8 8 to $5.6 chip lead. Okay. So then they continue on and uh, took, took a break. So this comes a little bit later. Uh, Moses had ace-king... And Zaki has deuce three of hearts. Don't tell me they get it all in on the well, hand. Well, the open was Moses open for 350000 Zaki called. That's the flop came. Ace of hearts, four of hearts, deuce of, sp- of clubs. So now he's got a straight flush wheel draw. He's got a pair. You know, he can't necessarily. Right. He's got a, he's got a, he's got a, a straight draw, a flush, a flush draw. You know, bottom pair. So I, I'm curious. I, I would imagine they got it in here. Uh, Moses bet 400,000. Zachy all in. Yeah, and Moses uh, calls. So uh, Moses is holding the, the the pair of aces. And uh, Zachy has the draw. Unfortunately, a queen on the turn, an eight on the river, and that was it. So that ended. That didn't end the tournament, but it gave Moses a 13.4 million 
Oh wow! So Zaki had actually come back and taken the chip lead if he wasn't knocked out. No, he had he had five point six, right around five six, and he uh, well, that you said oh, Zaki lost. You're right. You're right. He would have been out. So he had to have he had to have won it. some pots to surpass exactly. him to have a, whatever chips he's got left. I know I had you here for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, use this thing for something other than a hat rack every now. <laughs> That's and a fourteen to one chip, fourteen to one chip advantage. So they keep playing. Uh, Zaki picks up a pot to. Get to 3.8 million versus 10.5. Now it's now now it's about uh, almost three to one. All you need is another double up, and you're and and you're actually ahead of your opponent right now. Exactly. So then the hand comes. Uh, Zaki holding Jack Ten of Hearts. I guess the question I wanted to ask you was, even though he had to wheel draw, he knows that there's a good chance the other guy might have an ace and be ahead. Do you take a shot with that, or is it just yeah, something you just can't I, walk away from? I, I, uh, heads up, I'm taking you that got a, shot. Got a flush I need or a, a four, a flush, a draw. deuce, a three. You, you, you know, there's a lot of cards yeah, out there yeah, that exactly. can make your hand. No, that's true. Even if your opponent's holding, if he's just holding ace, queen, let's just say, okay, a deuce, a three, a four, a heart. You got a lot of cards to 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 take that to to knock him out. You you probably thinking you're an underdog uh, going in there, but but you got so many outs to yeah. win the tournament right then and there. And guess what? If you if you lose that hand, you you know you you could easily you know say, hey, I'm going to give up. But like you said earlier, these guys are so talented. You know, look at the position he's in now. Now he's only down three to one, a little less than three to one from fourteen to one that he was at just a couple of hands earlier. Well, listen to this hand. Then uh, the hand comes up with the flop uh, Jack, 10, 5, Rainbow. Moses checks. Zaki bets 225,000. Moses check raises to 600K. Zaki moves all in for 3.7 million. Moses calls. Zaki was holding Jack, 10 of hearts. So Which, now he flopped top two pairs. Right. Uh, Moses was holding Queen Jack. So now he he's got he's got same pair, but he's SOL. Yeah. Uh, so Zaki had the flop. There was really nothing on the river or uh, Turner River to to uh, change things. So Zaki took the chip lead back. Now he has eight million to six point four. So now they start to talk a little bit of chop uh, action, and uh, they get to another hand a couple of hands later. And uh, did they make a deal? Moses, no, they did not. They talked, but they didn't. Uh, Moses said pulled into a slight lead, and then they played the biggest pot of the tournament. Uh, Zaki opened to 350. Moses moved all in. Zaki thought for a little bit, said, I'm leaning toward a call, man. And he says, uh, call. He had ace-8 offsuit. Okay. What Moses had ace-9 oh. of hearts. It's a brutal... So uh, the dealer ran it out. Uh, it's funny because, uh, you know, it was a little excitement here because the flop was 6-5-3 and a 7 on the turn. So all of a sudden now there's some other interesting hands out yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> that is an interesting hand, but I guess that ended the tournament. And, uh, yes, that uh, that did end the tournament. So uh, uh, It's so tough it. to walk away. You're two-handed, ace-eight, you know. It's a feel. It's, you know, it comes down now at this point after all of these, you know, emotional ups and downs with the chips, you know, your standings, you know, could this guy have a small pocket pair and, you you know, you've got two over cards on him. Could he be pushing a king-queen? 
You know, there's, there's so many different things, you know, and, and you've been playing with this player, so it was it was close. But yeah. at that point, that is a really dominated hand, a nine against an eight. That's what it comes down to, you know, yeah. for the more, more, you know, for the most part. Anyway, if that's a hand that you uh, you got some kind of skin in the game, maybe on the side, uh, who knows? You really are are being tested, uh, your emotions. Yeah, I, I, again. Much less. It, it looks. It looks like they could have been very equal style players because they kept going back and forth, back and forth, you know. And um, like you said, he even thought about it. He said, "I have. I think I'm going to have to make this call," which obviously, which obviously meant that uh, you know Justin was probably thinking, you know, damn, I I could leave. I I could let this hand go and see if. Something down the line, but Ace Eight heads up is a very strong yeah, hand. No so, question. you know, he, he just—I guess—he couldn't get the read. You know, uh, if his eight, his opponent could have easily been pushing an Ace Four and Ace Five. Also, at which point then he would have the, you know, the 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 percentages very highly in his favor. So, right. again, well, it's it, funny that one comment Moses made after they saw they after they tabled their hands was. I run pretty bad in these, <laughs> and uh, not this time. So, anyway, uh, great tournament up there. Five hundred thousand guarantee. They had uh, four hundred and I don't have the total right here. Oh, four seventy nine. Okay, four seventy nine. Sixteen fifty buy in. So, uh, huge success for a tournament up there. And they'll have many more big ones to come, and we'll get bigger and bigger as they go. Well, they don't have the competition up there that they have down here, uh, that the Hard Rock has down here with the Paramutuals. There's no, a few I mean, in Tampa, there, you've got, uh, you know, you've got... Uh, you got uh, Tampa Bay Downs, you've got Derby Lane, Derby Lane. you've got uh, Tampa Greyhound Track, so... You know, yeah, they definitely don't have the exact same because none of those places have slot machines right. where they would have, could draw some of the players off no, of absolutely, there. absolutely, absolutely. So, but, um, you know, congratulations for them putting on a first-class show, I'm pretty sure of that. And, um, you know, congratulations to the two players that looked like they, they battled it out for sure. But I did want to mention Justin because he, he was on the very first year a couple of times uh, on the show. And, uh, you know, was very gracious after losing out. to He got some really bad beats in that the final table I, that year. You'll forgive me, but I, I'm laughing now because I remember one of our early shows that we had a guest in studio when we were on the radio live, Hayden. Hayden Fortini with his mother calling. With his mother calling while we're on the air. He goes, Mom, I'm on the air. <laughs> that was pretty funny. So, uh, uh, I still see Hayden once in a while. He doesn't play much, but he plays a little bit in some of the big tournaments. He has a steady and girlfriend. And remember when we got him, by now, when we got him, he had just turned 21. Yeah, that's right. So he was just of legal age to go play in Vegas. And uh, obviously in Florida, the poker rooms, it's 18. As long as the poker room isn't on the casino floor, so exactly, uh, they did finish the Money Makers uh, tournament, the Money Maker Tour. They call it the Money Makers Road to the PSPC. Uh, their main event was a 360 buy-in over at the Seminole Hard Rock in Hollywood, hundred thousand guarantee. They had 464 players for that one, and the winner was Scott Baumstein, who picks up uh, the Platinum Pass worth thirty thousand, you know, twenty-two thousand plus in cash. Uh, another well-known local player, excuse me, Zoltan Sincada, uh was the uh, second-place finisher with 20 grand, and Matthew Suarez took third. 
17,000. So uh, they finished that event there, and uh, next up is the Fun in the Sun right after Christmas, uh, the 26th through the 30th. And then, of course, the Lucky Hearts uh, Poker Open starts January 7th. There you go. So uh, let's take a break on the show. Uh, a little reminiscing there, a little uh, poker hands for you. And i got some other uh, strategy-type things to run past Joe here. And we'll talk about some of the latest uh, conversations going on in the world poker. Pretty interesting Daniel Negreanu uh, statement came out that uh, got a lot of play. Uh, and it's kind of ironic because what would you think the one thing that Daniel would not like to see continue in poker? That was his, his comment was on what thing he would not like yeah. to see continue? Wow. Just, can you think right offhand? No. I mean, backing. I don't know no. if that would be backing. Um, How about re-entries? Really? And he's a guy who's bought oh into six God. or seven bullets in if, tournaments. If you had listed ten reasons, I would have I definitely put that one at nine or ten, depending on what the other reasons were. Well, we'll talk about that when we come back. A few other things going on. So let's take a break here on the show. We'll be back with more here on Poker Action Line. Uh, great holiday, everybody. Have a great time. And uh, we'll get you those best of shows next week and the following week here. And then back in 2020 with a whole new batch of brand new shows. This is Poker Action Line. This is Big Dave for PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Want to know what's really cool? Your charitable tax-deductible donation every time you play. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com, the feel-good gateway to fun and prizes. Play free. Learn our system. Get 50,000 free chips and play for prizes. Play for scholarships that benefit Caribbean students. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Take it from Big Dave. A win for you is a donation to Caribbean education. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Okay, kids, the car's backed up and the campfire is out. Let's hit the road. Uh, Dad, the fire's not out. You can see it's still smoking. Oh, uh, close enough. Close enough? If it's too hot to touch, then it's too hot to leave. You could burn down this forest. Not to mention our whole neighborhood. Come on, Dad, do your homework. Nine out of ten wildfires are caused by humans. Did I say we were leaving? I was kidding. <laughs> sure you were, Dad. Are you gonna tell your mom about this? Oh, yeah. Great. You're never too young to get your smoky on. If you see someone in danger of starting a wildfire, step in and make a difference. Because 9 out of 10 wildfires can be prevented. A public service message brought to you by Smokey Bear, the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Learn more at SmokeyBear.com. Only you can prevent wildfires. Android and iPhone users, download the WFO Radio app. It's sports radio for racing fans. Thank you, I appreciate it. The ultimate, the ultimate racing, racing show, including WFO Radio NHRA Nitro, WFO Radio Ignition, the WFO Radio NASCAR tailgate party, news, videos, push notifications, and more. I just hope I'm part of it. Go to the App Store or Android Market, search WFO Radio, and download it now. Now. Welcome back to the show. Big Dave Lemon, Joe Rodriguez, another edition of Poker Action Line heading toward the Christmas and uh, Hanukkah and Kwanzaa and all the holidays. All of them. Here in December. And then, of course, New Year's. Uh, you got plans to go out of town? 
go out of just, town. Just Remember, I work in a casino. <laughs> yeah. And now, my saving days. grace is this year, you know, well, Christmas Eve would have been off for me regardless because that's, you know, in our family, that's the really big celebration day. I've worked many Christmases since I've been in this industry. And for the most part, before the slot machines came in, Dave, I don't know if you had. To, well, yes, you did because you used to you do the announcing. Yeah. I had no idea. The first time I got scheduled to work at Christmas was when the poker room was in the back, right. you know, and I was like, damn, i got to work Christmas. But, you know, okay, I had the 24th, and, you know, being of, you know, Cuban descent, you know, the 24th, you know, as you know down here living with so many Latins, Dave, you know, that's the big day of celebration as opposed to Christmas, you know, the the big eating and the roasting of the pig and the tur- and the ham and the turkey and everything else. We do that on on Christmas Eve, uh, as they call it, Nochebuena, here uh, for the Latins. So Christmas Day, we used to get up with our, you know, our kids were young. Our, everybody would come over and exchange gifts. And you know what? Usually by about 3 o'clock in the afternoon, we were much, you know, wasted. You know, I mean, we were wiped out, not wasted. I shouldn't use that word, wiped out, you know. And I remember they opened up at 6 o'clock that evening. And they would do the ceremony because right, for right. people who don't know much about uh, Highlight, where, where Dave and I worked, uh, the traditional opening day was Christmas Day for for decades. You so had to run through the audience. Huh? Run yeah, I didn't audience. see that. Yeah. And then everybody was in such a good mood. The room would close after the Highlight was over, which usually was around midnight. So it was six hours. But let me tell you, it was the fastest six hours and the most fun that I had in that room because everybody was just such in a great mood. So. All of a sudden, Christmas didn't become a bad day for me to work. Yeah, absolutely. So, but this year, as it turns out, I'm off on the 24th and the 25th, and I, and you know, by that, you know that I'm supposed to be off on the 31st and the 1st. But you know, being that I'm in the slot area now, I, I'm pretty sure I'm going to have to work the 31st and pick another day off the, the, yeah, in absolutely. two weeks. So, absolutely. But yeah, it's wonderful. Uh, the dates have been released: uh, May 27th. Uh, through July 14th for the World Series of Poker. They don't have a lot of the individual events. Just a couple of the events have been mentioned. Uh, we'll get to that in just a minute. But uh, I do want to get to this Daniel Negreanu thing because uh, he's expanding his uh, position in the online poker world, Team GG Poker, and uh, he is their ambassador now. But he talked about how he has decided, at least he's expecting this will be the way he'll go, and that is to play his entire tournament schedule in 2020 without re-entering any events. And he was a guy who would play six, seven bullets, uh, and and admitted that he played very crazy in early parts of tournaments. Well, you know, I can it. understand. I mean, listen, Daniel's probably been, you know, outside of before Howard Letterer hit the thing. I loved reading his advice, but the person that I I enjoyed the most watching was Daniel Negrano. Right. I mean, I found how he was able to read into people, making calls in tournaments. I and mean, he goes, I, got, I think you've got this and you've got me beat, but I just want to see if my read is correct. And, you know, it's amazing how many times he, he was correct. Sometimes he'd call it out to the person. The person was so amazed and amateur that he would actually, for free, show him, <laughs> yeah, you, you read me correctly. I enjoyed the hell out of that I, I, as a poker player, you know, and... Obviously, as you just mentioned, he was, you know, constantly known as, you know, person who would shoot six, seven, eight, ten bullets depending on the tournament. In ten thousand dollar buy-in events too. Exactly. I mean, he didn't care. So he didn't, he didn't care. you know, whatever the backing or the financial reasons were for this, 
I'm sure that Daniel, by him making the statement, knows that his style of play, you know, of re- his, his his read on people is just so amazing that he went into gambling mode right. to develop a, you know, I mean, to to uh, uh, you know build up a big stack if he could early on and took risks that if he if it was a you know one and done. He would have played them so much differently. I'm sure he would admit to, to almost all of those tournaments. And um, I guess maybe by him saying that he's not going to re-enter, he's going to focus on what made him not only a great player, but a Hall of Fame poker player. Not only that, but he uh, he's a good guy. And he wants to do what's right for the world of poker. And he, and he always stands and he up knows, for that. He knows how this affects... Uh, uh, you know, amateur type players, uh, recreational players that get in these games. He said it will uh, definitely hurt his bottom line over the course of the year, but he does want to try to make this move to reduce the number of re-entries in the field. And he said uh, uh, he would buy in as many times as he felt like it, but now he feels guilty about hurting the experience of the amateurs in the tournament. And his tweet said, "When I use, when I would use the rules to my advantage." And play crazy in the early levels of a rebuy event, I could see how often it hurt the amateur's experience. Sometimes they even told me. Uh, I wasn't doing anything wrong, but I started to feel that way. And just like you said, he, he, you know, in his comments and his, some of his uh, arguments and, you know, for lack of a better word, wars that he had with certain other people that you know, he disagreed. And he never had a he never had a problem letting you know what was on his mind when right. he thought something wasn't being done right in the poker world or someone did something wrong. In his opinion, he'd stand up there, and this is wonderful to hear him say this. Now, besides him saying that it's going to hurt his bottom line, who do you think it's going to hurt the most? Daniel. No, the person that's going to hurt uh, the most is going to be the rooms running these well, tournaments who you know, who are looking I'm forward sure to him buying in six, seven, eight times if yeah, he isn't successful. Sure, I'm sure a lot of people aren't going to listen to whatever he says, and they're still going to rebuy. Anyway, uh, Greg Merson was one of the people who backed him. He said he tweeted, one of the reasons I've pretty much stopped playing any events is because of this. And so he could, gives kudos to, uh, to Daniel. Frank Casella also uh, is behind him there. He said... Uh, uh, let's all band together on this one. He said, no re-entries in any event in 2020, and we'll call it the perfect vision poker for 2020. Well, listen, that would be absolutely wonderful. Um, in the long run, I mean, you and I have always discussed that we would prefer tournaments like that, you know, especially, as he said, with the amateurs who save up knowing that this is coming to their town, to the nearest casino in their area, but they can only afford to do one buy-in you know, and then these guys are just, you know, deeper pockets shooting at it. Now, we've discussed why these tournaments are these ways because of the guarantees have been so large that you got to, you know, you have to allow rebuys right. into these tournaments. Well, the main so event I of the WSOP if, doesn't. Huh? The main event of the WSOP doesn't. But that's probably the, like, the last know, holdout. The right? last holdout, yeah, right. you know, because they know the amount of people that, you know, what did it go? We, I said that the number would be over this year, and it was over the number that they thought it would increase from the year before. But they've got other tournaments that there are rebuys and everything in. And I'm not really talking about that because that that's a standalone tournament that, you know, that's just, you know, it, it, it's at the top of the mountain. You know, we know we know who the boss is. We know what it is. But all these other rooms that try to run these type of tournaments, if if they're going to give 
large guarantees, and and, and as we're saying this, we know that a lot of the guarantees have been going down little by little right. because of this. Imagine if the poker community at large decided we're not going to be doing re, you know re-entries or rebuys into into these tournaments. Rooms would have to you know things would have to get adjusted right and i don't know how that would how good that will be that's obviously something that that you know needs to to be seen something that has to you know be tested to see if hey get away from the guarantees uh yeah i, I don't know this is a very yeah. interesting concept that daniel has here and well we'll see because his friends follow suit with this in the bigger tournaments right. i don't see how they're going to be able to give away those guarantees like well been out doing. in vegas there's four huge tournaments this month the month of december you got the wpt5 diamond at the bellagio you got the win winter poker classic fifty three hundred dollar buy-in and there's a card player poker tour event at the venetian and even the Harrah's uh, Circuit event, the WSOB Circuit, they allow a single re-entry for each starting flight. So you can actually fire four, four bullets into that one for $1,700 exactly. buy-in. Exactly. But now, what are the guarantees? My my biggest thing is, what are the guarantees? Yeah. I don't and know. now, take away rebuys and re-entries, and let's do the math. Well, it's a little early to affect anything now. But no, but I'm saying all we have to do is sit back and look at... Final entries, you know, re, uh, entries and then rebuys into a tournament, and then do the math. It's very simple to do the math if they're offering a guaranteed prize pool. Right. And if you were to take that away, you're trying to say to yourself, well, I don't think there'd be more entries because whoever was going to enter it was going to enter it. Now all you did was take away the extra money from whoever was saying, hey, I'm going to shoot two bullets, three bullets, you know. And you take that away from that. People miss those guarantees. Rooms will start adjusting that very, very quickly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but the World Series of Poker now made this announcement outside of the dates. They have announced that beginning this year, they are going to accept late registration until level six. So it used to be you had to enter either on the opening day or before day two started. But now you can wait several levels into uh, the action on day two and get into the event, which a lot of people, including Norman Chad, one of the main uh, outspoken people against it, says is just an awful, 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 awful decision. That's probably a bottom line decision once again, you know, getting as much money into the prize pool. You know, you got to weigh the balances as to whether, hey, the larger pools will bring more people if they register later. You know, more money for the for the poker players and more money for the room, uh, as opposed to you know what's right and wrong in the poker world. This is going to be something that could be going on for a very long time. And listen, the WSOP, whenever they've done something that the the larger majority of the poker players don't don't appreciate, don't like. They've made adjustments going forward. Yeah, exactly. Uh, by the way, I kind of downplayed the uh, the tweet from Norman because he used the word awful 15 times, not, not, <laughs> not five. <laughs> so it, give him credit. So he, so he has that one line about allowing the uh, late registration. Uh, awful, awful, awful decision. And then he adds the line, just strikes me as awful. <laughs> Which is some great Norman Chad humor. Anyway, uh, you know, a lot of people say, hey, this is the championship of the world of poker. Uh, you don't want to play day one, get there before the start of day two. Uh, and a lot of people are just, just not happy. They said they're, 
pushing others away that might take their shot because it's just offering too much, uh, you know, freedom for some of these other players with massively uh, deep pockets. Well, again, you know, uh, we'll have to wait until this tournament is played out and see how everything plays out, as as they say, you know, because we're going to find out how many people are really upset with it, if it makes a difference on the bottom line, on the amount of entries that go in there, um, you know, Dave, one thing, one thing that I that, that I do know is you're never going to make everybody happy. Yeah. So you've got to come up with with a plan, and if you and your people that are putting this you know this tournament together and the staffing for all of this together, if you guys agree this is the way you want to go, well, you stick to your guns, run it, and then make the adjustments later on. You know, the World Series of Poker for the most part, has done, in my opinion, a very nice a very job, admirable job. job I, of I adjusting whenever, whenever, you know, plans that they've had didn't really work out for that particular year. Some of them they've adjusted immediately, like with the playing cards and stuff like that. The yeah, long lines, right, they right, found right. a way of trying to make that a little more, more enjoyable. I, I think the pricing of food might be the next thing that, that they may uh, attempt because people are still complaining about that, but... You know, all in all, you know, poker players don't really realize, the, the, you know, everything that has to go in. We've discussed this many times. What, what you have to go into a tournament, you know, it's mind-blowing. It's well, mind-blowing. I, still, I can see some of these decisions, and I can see the greed creeping in, that you know that those are they're behind some of these decisions. For example, uh, last year was the 50th anniversary. Uh, they had a huge tournament with a $500 buy-in with called no, the Big 50. With no uh, house with, fee. With, with no for the original. break free for the original right. thing. This year, they're bringing it back. They're calling it, once again, they're calling it the Big 50. You would think they would call it the Big 51, but it's the Big 50. Uh, no rake free first entry. You know, rake on every entry. Uh, also, um, so they're going to rake this one. Yes, Four, okay. four uh, starting flights again, like it was before. Uh, that will be May 28th, 29th, 30th, and 31st. Uh, huge tournament that had over 28,000 entries. Uh, so, you know, you can figure they could do a few things different. but We heard our friend Al Gomez loved it because of the structure that they had in the tournament. And uh, I would imagine they're going to run the same exact structure, probably draw a few less people. I mean... What's the fee going to be? Five fifty instead of five hundred? Uh, probably, I think probably still five hundred. I don't know. I haven't heard. Oh, and then just take the fee off of the five hundred, right? As they do in the other ones, take the three percent and and whatever whatever their house fee is going to be. You know what? Can you blame them for that though, Dave? No, I guess not. You know, I guess not. It just seems like you know people don't realize. You talk about greed, but you don't realize you've got a lot of dealers and a lot of more food. It, it, $50 times 28000 is a lot of money. <laughs> exactly. It really is. But think about it. You're paying those dealers for that time that it takes to run that, yeah. that tournament also. So there is an expense on their end. Listen, we don't need to run a charity for them, a charity event for them. Right. But, you know, people need to, you know, also relax if they spent any kind of time on a management side, on the other side of the fence, as I like to say, you know, you might look at these things as a little as a little different. They never let us know what the bottom line is as far as, you know, paying these dealers, feeding them, going through all the expenses that they have to go through. 
and the you know the logistics nightmare of dealing with that many people and those many employees at the same time. That's it's not an easy thing to do. Again, I don't know what their bottom lines. Have you ever heard about what they made no. in a series in those six seven weeks that no. they run it? Okay, so. Yes, they're making money on a lot of other, you know, food in their restaurants, hotel rooms, whatever it is. But there's a lot of people in town that are profiting from this, that they're, they're not getting a dime out of it by, by attracting so many people in, into Las Vegas for that, for that time frame. Now, they did complete the sale of the Rio, but Caesars is going to run it for at least the next two years. Uh, out of the and, Rio? And it will be, well, the World Series, uh, I don't know, is only slated for this year. I don't know what will happen after that. But this year's World Series of Poker is at the Rio. Caesars will continue to run the operation of the hotel and, and casino for at least two years. And then we'll find out what's going to happen after that. But, uh, and who an owned it group. before Caesars just bought it out? No, Caesars uh, sold it. Sold it. I'm so, oh, so Caesars still going to run it? Yeah. They kept the, the naming rights to yeah. that? Yeah. Just for two years, so we'll see. What oh, and then somebody company. takes over after the two. I don't, years. I don't have the name. Well, of the then that, that might bought. change things. They might say, "Well, listen, we got to take as much money as we can out of this yeah. now." That, that, that might make what I said uh, <laughs> one of those. Uh, uh, never mind, you yeah, know. Exactly. So, um, but regardless, you know, they have done, in my 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 opinion, they've done a pretty admirable job of doing this. Whether that continues for this year or next, yeah, you know, is. Well, Wait we'll and see. see. We'll see. The poker uh, world is not uh, going to no, well, let their listen. opinions unheard. They, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, don't, they don't bottle them up. They definitely put them out there. Okay. Uh, let's take our last break on the show. we come back. We'll finish things up. A couple other things I did want to mention, and we will do that when we return. You're listening to Poker Action Line. Pick us up on SoundCloud or any of the other places that carry our show, any place you get your podcasts, and we hope you continue to listen to us. Uh, well into 2020. We'll be back with more after this. This is Poker Action Line. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. A lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables. With a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes. And if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean, and you can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. 
Their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available. Hi, this is little Steven for Rad. We all got to party now and then, but we've got to let somebody else do the driving. Please don't drink and drive, and don't drive with somebody else who's been drinking. Thank you. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, Rad, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. Final segment of the show, Big Dave and Joe. Uh, just to clear things up, uh, the name of the company that bought it from uh, Caesars, uh, the Rio All Suite Hotel and Casino, was Dreamscape Companies, owned by and controlled by Eric Birnbaum. Uh, the price, uh, selling price, was five hundred sixteen point three million, including certain fees, expenses, and forty million in seller financing. And they acquire uh, the. In- the hospitality, residential, retail, gaming, and entertainment assets. However, the World Series of Poker will be hosted at the Rio in 2020, and hosting rights for the tournament will remain with Caesars Entertainment thereafter. So yeah, I they could move it to uh, another Palace property, another property of theirs. Uh, Mirage, I think they own too, don't they? I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I can't keep up with all the different uh, owners of these different places, <laughs> but but they can move it to one of their other sites. But uh, at least for this year, it's the status quo, and uh, we'll keep you up to date on that. So uh, interesting situation, I think. Uh, you know they. You can find fault to nitpick with some of the things they've done, but I think overall it's been a pretty solid job for a long period of time. I I, I concur. <laughs> uh, the other thing I wanted to mention, uh, there was a uh, uh, a little incident as far as uh, cheating goes by a Danish poker pro. His name is Peter Jepsen, and he scammed other high-stake pros. Listen to this story. Uh got access to their computers and installed malware on the computers where he could uh, uh, have access to their hole cards when playing against them. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. So he's done this for many years. Several players complained. There was a five-year investigation, which finally uh, has concluded. Uh, Three witnesses testified they were involved in the scam, two men and a woman, uh, testified that they were involved in installing the software that he used. He's getting uh, what, jail time. Did he go break into their house and put it no, into I their No, I think uh, got into their hotel rooms and tournaments and that sort of thing. You know, People left him oh, at the so table. Somebody, yeah. somebody had to break in and do this, yeah. you know? Yeah, he had some help. Uh, but uh, he will receive more than two years in jail. Uh, 3.5 euro, million euro to fine. Now, does he have that money? Do they have that money know. to take from him? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but he he used this scam against other high-stakes players, uh, usually uh, at European poker tour stops. And uh, he was formerly a sponsored player for Betfair, and he has four career live tournament caches for a total of 604000 and won the EPT Warsaw in 2007. So, uh, it's unbelievable. Uh, they they said originally got a three-year jail sentence, 
but they actually took a two uh, six months off it because it's uh, dragged out so long. I don't what? Know. Has he been in jail though for I, this amount of time? I don't believe so. Really? Uh, they did. Co- they already have confiscated three point nine million from him. Oh, okay. Well, so, so I guess all right. he had. I guess he had uh, the funds somewhere. Bank account. Bank yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, uh, can you imagine? Uh, you know, playing a, a lot of this stuff. It just guys come over to another guy's room and play a Chinese uh, open face Chinese poker. You know, and all the different games and and uh, you know, guys drinking and passing this, out and stuff. This is the modern version of I'd like to have tomorrow's newspaper today. Exactly. You know. Exactly. So, oh my God. Uh, one other poker hand I want to take a look at. An uh, interview with uh, Jonathan Little went over this. Uh, see if I can find it here. Uh, simply a cash game, and he talks about a couple of mistakes that players make. Two common mistakes, and he talks about a, a one-two no-limit cash game in which... Uh, one player told the story. He said he, play, he was playing a, a tight, straightforward player. Or actually, he was a tight, straightforward player. He limped out, uh, had 120 in front of him. Uh, limped out in first position. With uh, a call, right. Right. Uh, actually, this was the other player. The other player limped in. Our, our player raised with ace-queen offsuit to $14. Okay. And the other player comes back and re-raises to 40. So now what are you thinking? So you you just limped in for two? He limped in for two. The other player limped in for two. You raised to 14. And the guy, and who, the guy limped came in, back the guy who limped in, in did raises four. to 40. Well, my guess is that that player was looking for someone if he knew somebody on the table was constantly taking a raise, and he had a good hand. He just slow-played it to get money in there. Or he's the crazy player and thinks he's being pushed around. Right. Without knowing the players, I don't know which way to go yeah, here. that's true. If it's, that's option, true. if it's option A, where, where you know, he, he believes people are raising, you know, that are, are just raising for the sake of raising, um, you know, I better have a strong hand if he came back with 40. If he's the crazy player... You know, and I raised to 14. I'm, ass- I'm assuming I had a decent hand, ace-queen, as you mentioned, right, if I remember correctly? Ace-queen ace queen offsuit, yeah. You know, I make that call. But, again, I'm basing this without knowing what the scenario is amongst these players at the table. Um, my instinct is to say, you know, he didn't mention that limping player. Knowing in a 1-2 game, I would probably be looking to fold that hand. Uh, thinking that this guy had a real monster in his hand and he's trying to trap me since I got 14 in there already. Right. Uh, uh, Little's comment is that uh, when you're facing a limp and re-raise, you should fold all but your most premium hands. There you go. Unless he's <laughs> confident that the opponent is capable of getting way out of line. There. So again, you know, oh, that's exactly pretty, what you said. pretty close to yeah, what I are. said there, huh? Uh, the interesting thing he says is... It's if you know that the player is loose and active and sometimes maniacal, then you, you should, should go all in. All in. Re-raise him or go all in. Exactly. He said making the opponent fold numerous hands that uh, will only win about 45% of the time. Uh, he, he, As it turned out when he's explaining this hand, and, and Little says don't fall in love with your hand just because it's normally fairly strong. 
and you're getting decent pot odds. He said, if your opponent's rage is only aces, kings, queens, and a few bluffs, folding is the only play that makes sense. Exactly. Well, that's why I said that if if a limper comes in that strong off of a fourteen dollar you know raise in a in a small one two game, normal instincts would be telling me to fold that hand because he's probably got aces or kings, you know. Uh, but without having played against this opponent, you know, it, it's hard. That's the only decision I could be making if I'm sitting at a game for the first time and I make that raise. Do I want to say, well, he doesn't know me. Maybe he thinks I'm a crazy player. You come back and re-raise him. But, you know, without having information on the players, if you haven't seen him play a few hands or haven't played with him in the past, it, you know, my instincts have always told me in a, in a one-two game, this guy's got a pretty strong hand. I'm going to release right. ace-queen unsuited. Right. As far as the math goes, he says, uh, you know, after uh – Let's see. Well, he had we had a gut shot straight draw after the flop, uh, and he said that's normally obviously a decent hand uh, because it has roughly ten outs against the top pair. But it's worse in this situation because you lose to all big pairs as well as ace king or ace jack. Uh, the only hand you're ahead of is ace queen, and almost no one limp raises ace uh, or uh, not ace queen, uh, king queen, and almost no one limp raises king queen. But exactly. But as far as the math goes, he says instead of having uh, ten somewhat live outs, uh, you'll usually have only four to seven outs because you're often often dominated in some way. Uh, it should be an easy fold for you, even or given the fact that you only have two to one pot odds. Uh, he, you need to win uh, 33% of the time, and unless the opponent is a lunatic, he will win only about 25% of the time. So as it turned out, he made the call, which Little says is the worst option. Okay. Uh, and ends up losing to pocket kings, as you, you said, go. aces or kings. Aces or kings. With that strong of a raise coming back off of a limp, that person knew he was hoping that someone would take a raise. He could maybe try. And that was good because, you know, you raise it to 40 there, a lot of bad players with $14 already in the pot are going to put the other 26 in, like which me. is which is what happened there. <laughs> and like me many years ago, you know, it's it's – this is a, a learning process. <laughs> Poker is a learning process. That's the questions, Dave. That, that's why I ask you, you know, it's hard just making a decision, um, you know. You, uh, you ask me about all the things that I have no clue what I, is well, going on. And, and guess what, Dave? I didn't, I, you know, I'm not saying, but, you know, when I first started playing this game, I didn't, you know, I've read up so much on it. You know, unfortunately, I haven't played a whole lot over the last few years, Um uh, because of how my finances have been with the, with raising the family and kids in college, it's just expensive as all heck. Uh, but you know, you'll get your I, time. I just looked at it. I was, you know, bad poker players just play their cards, and that's how I used to always play. Yeah. And I just looked at my hand and never looked into the scenario, the positioning when I first started in this, you know, playing poker. And then I said, well, hell, if, you know, I enjoy playing poker, and I can't keep getting my ass handed to me, so I better start learning. And, you know, little by little, and in today's day and age, as we've mentioned on our show at our age, Dave, you know, we, we didn't have all this, all the computers, the Internet, all this, you know, Doug Brunson's book, Super System, was in, and everybody was so pissed at him, all his friends. There wasn't a whole lot. You know, especially when I was in my 20s 40 years ago. So you, you got to kind of get your ass, you know, you have, you have to get that kick in the ass and, and 
have the you know say hey I'm smarter than this I I yeah. I can you know I can learn how to beat this game these people aren't that much better than me in poker and as we've discussed for almost 10 years now poker's not a game where the best hand always wins the, wins the pot at the end right. betting and strategy and all of that comes into it that's that's what we tell people but we do know that in my opinion I've always said that skill wins about 85 percent of the time and you need that 15 percent you need that 15 percent to keep the, the going your way the, keep the fit the fit no not your way the the bad players need the 15 percent to keep keep coming them in the about, game keep, keep keep coming back to the game absolutely well listen that's going to do it for our show tonight uh we do appreciate you being with us as usual and uh look forward to our uh replays of a couple of past shows on the next two weekends as, uh, happy we'll new year Merry, uh, happy holidays happy new year to everybody and, out there that listens Gio, to us Gio and, to you as well and to thank our you studio family right here guys thank you we'll catch you next week uh, after our best of shows actually in three weeks we'll catch you with a brand new show on the first week of January the views and opinions of the hosts guests or callers are not necessarily those of the station its owners advertisers or agencies 